Because if you desire to be living in your highest timeline, you would be looking at every moment in your life as an opportunity for you to conquer and master it. So when it comes to your distractions, how are, how are you going to have that conversation with yourself? How do you get right here, right now? Because you cannot master anything if you are not looking at it. If you are mastering the potential of what was repeating itself, well, that you're not mastering it. Welcome to Talking Shift. This is where we take the woo-woo out of your awakening process. We're going to get real on what the ascension is. I'm Diamond No. I'm your host. I'm a generational psychic. I'm a starseed. I'm a master manifester. I'm an ascension advisor. I've been teaching the science behind your awakening process for over 20 years now. We teach it across this globe. We're going to talk about healing. We're going to talk about sex. We're going to talk about money. We're going to talk about relationships. We're going to talk about the relationship with your body, your soul, your emotions, your inner child. And we're going to do everything in our power to help you shift into your highest timeline. Welcome to Talking Shift. I am your host, Diamond No, and today we are with Sarah Rose, our weekly yeah. deep dive into self-discovery. <laughs> <laughs> Just about. <laughs> Just about. And for those of you who don't know, Sarah Rose and I are actually pretty good soul sisters, and I lean into you a lot, and you lean into me a lot about, yeah. we share. And often we're going through the exact same discovery very differently. Yep. Um, with a very different plan of action to attain the same result. So right. as, as I think that's just our alignment and it's beautiful and I'm so grateful that I have you. Okay. And so we're continuing the conversation from the last podcast. We we're talking about being in the depths of despair Yes. and how to like get your head above water. How do we move out of that? And I have like, I don't know. I feel like it's like, I'm in a relay race with myself where I'm passing the baton to my higher self every freaking day where it's like, okay, you go. Okay. You go. Okay. You go. And it's like the last week has honestly felt like I have just, I don't know, climbed the biggest ladder and I'm sitting in the, like, I don't know. I've leveled up is what I'm trying to say here. Yeah. Okay. Right? Yeah. And I've really had some deep, deep, deep self-awareness and epiphanies and transitions this week, which I'm sharing really transparency, really transparently on my 100 days of surrender on YouTube. Yeah. I recorded today's day. It's day 81. And I was like, I can't even believe that I shared everything I shared. I was like, well, girl, <laughs> aren't you just on display and completely vulnerable right now? <laughs> Good. Um, but I feel like there's purpose in me sharing my transitions because it might support someone else in doing it. But let's get into today yes, and what we're both transitioning through right now. So, you know, we started the conversation before we jumped on to record with, isn't it interesting? And why is it that someone behind screen can be yeah. oh so brave, bold, and powerful, but then in person, completely timid and shut down? Absolutely. Um, and we can see that across the board within our, like our, I would say family circle or coworkers, everybody is so different online, right? You, I find that there's like, it's like having that device is an empowerment to somebody that um, might struggle with communication in person, mm -hmm. right? Um, or 
it changed them completely in a different way where they were really good in person with communication. And now they're just like very timid and like, well, what is this? Cause we're not used to it. We've mm-hmm. been like so consumed with our TVs and our computers and our phones that it's, um, we're missing that human interaction and that um, here and now moments, because when let, let's be honest, like hundred percent of the time, are you really there in the moment when you're on the phone or when you're on your device? I'm not. I am living in La La Land. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's funny because like, I'm moving through a lot of different things right now, but one of them being, what is it like to truly just feel every single emotion I'm actually feeling? Right. And I've been very transparent about my journey of, I'm not very good at crying. Like, and that, that, that is not something I desire to hold on to. I'm not good at crying. And I feel that the moment I start crying, I literally am in my head going, oh my God, my nose is contorted. And this is my mouth is doing this weird thing. And like, oh, I need tissue because I've got boogers. Like, so I immediately go into processing the action instead of feeling the action. And it's been something that I've been actively working on for a very long time. But I know that when emotion arises for me, which usually is better off alone, right? I, I can distract myself with that screen. No problem. Be like, well, I don't know what to do with this. So I'm just going to go on TikTok. Like, yeah. I've caught myself doing it this week. And you're right. It's like, we're not being present. Right. We're not living. Yeah. And, you know, my partner j- laughs at me all the time because I'm like, I was in other people's energy all day. Like, I don't want to be in your energy right now. I want to, I need to live. <laughs> like, I need to live right now. I need to be present for me right now. Yeah. Um, and that is something. Um, and I'm not sure, like, the, I feel like this conversation is going to go in a hundred different directions, but there's so many moving pieces to the whole puzzle of this, right? Like, yeah. how do we, how do we own being comfortable in the present situations required? Right. And can we shift the bar? We're here to evolve. Yes. Right. And so we do, like you're saying, have these mechanisms that allow us to hide behind. Right. And then when we get in person, it's like, oh, I'm all shaky and I don't know what to do. Right. And so where we've talked a lot about self-abandonment. Yeah. And we've talked a lot about you know, going into despair, I really want to talk about the here and now present self-sabotage associated with that in a minute here, but that shift into how do I become, even if I'm uncomfortable, present? Yeah. Right. How do I become present in my interaction? When I'm thinking of like the weekend and what happened for me, Um, I used to have a really bad fear of taxidermy anything taxidermy. I just, I think yeah. I would be mortified by it as well, but okay. Yeah. I like, I would curl, I would cry. I would curl up in the ball. Like even like I went to, I had to take, I was um, a shift leader for a residential home for girls and we took them to a wax museum. Um, and I had a big fear of gorillas and they had a big King Kong there. And I ended up leaving everybody in the wax museum. And I like, I fled, I was done. Right. Like I left, I was supposed to have, I think we had like six girls and it's like, we're supposed to have two or three staff with them. And I was gone. Like, I was like, see you later. I'm done. So yeah, I went to sale on the weekend, um, with my fiance and I go upstairs and there's like 
just deer and moose and bear. And I'm like, I, so I went to turn around and I was like, you need to do this. <laughs> you need to breathe and just walk over there. And I did. And I focused on like the information that we were gathering and all of this stuff. But like, it's the same thing with in-person stuff. I was like that when I was a kid. I was such an observer. They called me the observer, right? The quiet one. And no, I just want to, I just want to read the room and see it. No, it was more of like, I didn't have the confidence to sit there and have a conversation or use my voice because my voice wasn't very heard when I was a kid, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't worthy. I didn't feel like I was worthy enough to be heard. So, you know, we had like a family dinner yesterday and we were talking to people that we had just met and I was open and I was like, you know, talking about spirituality and all of these different things and conception of our like materialism, right? And it just, it was so different and it was so uncomfortable yet so liberating at the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And it is about, I'm going to back it into the science behind why Okay, we have this comfort zone, right? So we all have our own definitions of what love means, feels, what safety means, feels, what vulnerability means, feels, money, security, whatever. We've, We've defined everything based on our experience. So a couple of different things happen in the way we function in the world. We are a survival-based species. The whole point of being human is to evolve from survival into thriving energy. Right. That's what the Ascension Retreat's all about. It's literally called moving from survive to thrive. So that's the whole point of our evolution, right? So what happens is when we are unaware that we are here to evolve, because no one's fucking teaching us this. We have parents that are not even self-aware in their own limiting structures, right? right? Yeah. So we start to define these definitions of how we perceive the world, what we perceive our role is in the world, what we perceive the top notch line is, where we can go in the world. And we create these barriers. So we create this top line in our comfort zone and a bottom line in our comfort zone. And we will go all the way to the top of that comfort zone and then be like, ride that line, but then be like, mm, it's borderline uncomfortable. I'm going to go back down yeah. into disc into way more comfortable, right? I'm going to go back to what I know. So the default with this is we start to think that we're fucking psychic. We start to think that we can predict what's coming. And if we predict what we believe might happen to us based on what has happened to us, mm-hmm. we are forewarned, forearmed can't get hurt because I saw it coming. Yeah. Still going to hurt. Right. So I read this really beautiful article on the weekend and I'm paraphrasing and I can't remember who wrote it, but anyway, they were talking about, so I have, um, I experience massive anxiety in the ocean. Right. And I've tried all the therapy forms of like whatever they're labeled. Anyway, someone who does not have a fear of being in the ocean is just going to walk in and swim and enjoy it and walk back out. There it is. They didn't give any thought to it. And if in the ocean, you know, a creature comes up that they didn't anticipate, they're going to deal with that situation and then get out of the ocean and be like, whoa, that was uncomfortable. Whereas I spend the entire time in the ocean anticipating the creature and trying to plan for that moment Right. But if I, but you look at the two different people, so person A and my delusional 
ask person A, totally protected, fine, knew exactly what to do, handled it, done, over, yeah. solved, over it. Me, I'm wasting all of my energy and investing into this horrific what if. So I'm not being present. I'm being in the potential of what could be based on my fear of what was in my past experiences. So therefore I'm living in the past, trying to predict the future, but by trying to predict the future and predicting it from the past. So I'm only past oriented. So I am not present whatsoever. Not Not at all. But do I ever think I'm present because I'm in a heightened state of fear in the moment that I think I'm being present, but I'm not. I'm being I'm reacting to what was. Yes. Okay. So we have this this bar of where we want to be, and we've got this baseline of where mm-hmm. we don't want to be under that because we already we already conquered that. Yes. And so when it comes to distracting yourself. Whether you're distracting yourself with thinking your guts are telling you what could be your guts actually are just your instinctual response to fear heads up. The gut reaction says, no, 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 darling. Your gut is a fear responder. Right. It denotes fear. So we're in these searching for many of us. And that's a good self-finalization to do today. Where are you searching for? the repetition of pain. Where are you doing that? The repetition of discomfort. Where are you searching for that? In your moment to moment to moment to moment to moment life. Because that is not allowing you to be here and now. And that is keeping you between the worst of what was and the best that you have yet to have. You ask anyone, hey, would you like a million dollars? Hey, would you like a nicer this? Hey, would you like sole purpose? Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Get out of your fucking comfort zone. Like that's what it is. Yeah. You've got a bar on what you will allow yourself to experience. And going above that is hard. So you get to ask yourself, what's harder? Buffering in between what the worst of what I've had and the best of what I've had and never crossing that line. Or learning to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Right. It's and actually like really fun. <laughs> I know, right? It is. I was talking with my partner last week. So I've had a lot of epiphanies. And last week I was like, wait a minute. I think I found a default. Because I'm constantly processing, right? Which is also one of my escape mechanisms from being in the moment is like I like to go into psychoanalysis endlessly. It's awesome yeah. distraction. Anyway, that aside. I was like, life, because I was asking the question, when does it get easy? I was, I was telling the story. I've got so much pressure on my shoulders. It is not easy being in my role. Blah, 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 blah. And I started asking the question of like, when does it get easy? And everybody I say that to is like, right? Like, when does it get easy? And I kind of want to be like, as soon as you allow it to. Well, what if it doesn't get easy? play my game for a second. What if it never gets easy? What if it's a matter of perception? So let's say there's two individuals sitting on a sofa, husband and wife. We're going to pick on a husband and wife for a minute. And we're going to say husband and wife. Wife goes, so me, obviously. (laughs) I'm like, you know what I want to do? I want to run a marathon. I I think I'm going to choose to run a marathon. And 
husband goes, future husband goes, yeah, okay, let's do it. Neither one of us, let's say neither one of us has worked out. So every morning I've got my marathon booked. I know why am I doing, why would I choose to run a marathon? Why would anyone choose to run a marathon? For the accomplishment, right? Yep. So I've got my eye on what I desire to experience, accomplish, master. And so every day I'm going to wake up. And if I've never run a marathon, it's going to hurt my body. I'm going to have to figure out my fitness routine, my diet routine, my sleep routine. I'm going to have to completely adjust my schedule, my diet, the way I treat my body. I'm going to have to be hyper aware of making sure that I am not injuring or adding to unhealed things in my body. I'm going to have to hyper aware of making sure that I'm protecting and loving and honoring and nurturing to prevent further depths of despair in my body. And if I blow a knee while I'm in training, I have to go sit on the couch and heal that knee. But I stay focused every single day because I've booked the marathon. So is it hard? Yeah. When you look at it from that lens, moments for sure, it's going to be hard. Is it ever super easy? No. But does it feel worth it? Oh, yeah. And then husband goes, I never really wanted to run the stupid marathon anyways. I've never worked out. I never, I don't even like getting off the couch and I miss the fact that we're not watching TV at night. And blah, 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 blah. Of course it's going to be hard for him. Yeah. It's a matter of perception. So if you want change and like, let's just throw this question out there. How many of us have someone in our lives that are constantly complaining about wanting change and doing absolutely nothing to do it? And we're like, cool. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We all have that person, persons. So it comes down to the question do you want it? Do you actually desire it? No matter what it is, do you desire to be living in your highest timeline? Because if you desire to be living in your highest timeline, you would be looking at every moment in your life as an opportunity for you to conquer and master it. Yep. That's what I'm here for. I want to master all of it. So when it comes to your distractions, how are how are you going to have that conversation with yourself? How do you get right here right now? Because you cannot master anything if you are not looking at it. If you're mastering the potential of what was repeating itself, well, that you're not mastering it right. at all. So that means like, I need to go to the ocean and walk in the fucking ocean and just be like, cool, here I am. Right. Not always that easy though, right? No, it's not. No. Mm -mm. Especially with paranoia fear because the brain loves irrational thought. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. So then what are going to be our stepping stones for creating a, a, a shift? We're talking shift. Let's create shift. What are the stepping stones from going from how are we distracting ourselves? into being present here and now, into flipping the perception, into feeling the rewards of that, right? And we know with that comfort zone, the top line, bottom bar, that we know we're never going to go under that again. We know what we are not willing to feel once we have had enough of it. Rock bottom, they call it. 
That yeah. rock bottom is an incredible thing. And I think anger is an incredible thing. When you experience it, that is you screaming to universal flow, never doing that again. Yep. Absolutely. So we know we're not going to go under and then we've got our comfort zone of where we are. So that top line of I'm really comfortable here. It's too scary to go above. So the first thing, if you have limiting beliefs in your body structure, which we all have, which is what this whole company is about, is healing those limiting beliefs. That's divine alignment. That's our program, divine alignment. You got to heal those beliefs to understand why you won't go past the bar. That's number one, right? Mm -hmm. Big one. So then what do we want to do after that? Because like, I don't know, there's not a formula. Well, there isn't. I, I like for me, I would say like it's different for everybody, but you have to find so knowing it is one thing, but moving through it and mm-hmm. living like having those tools and finding the tools that work for you mm-hmm. and implementing them every single day, mm-hmm. taking those little spot, like those little steps. Like we're not gonna, like you said, like you're not gonna run a marathon like that right Mm -hmm. it's it's re i almost want to be like rewiring that thought process right creating that security telling yourself how secure you are how safe you are how and finding those little things within your day-to-day that's bringing you that joy and again rewiring Mm -hmm. like bringing you back to the present right Mm -hmm. yeah that's a hundred percent the biggest piece right you have to be willing to let go of what was in order to be what exactly. is or what could be. So you do have to rewire, rewire the way in which you function and do things. Yes. Awareness does begin change. Absolutely. A hundred percent. It will. But if you are not willing to participate in the awareness, you will not have change come, come into your life. You yeah. have the biggest epiphany of your life and then go right back to what yep. you were doing. Yep. Like been there, done that. Yep. Or you can participate in the awareness by keeping it alive. That's right. Keeping it active, keeping it in your moment, keeping it in. Okay. How do I become successful with this transition? So you set yourself up for success in order to rewire, in order to restructure. That could be sticky notes. That could be alarms on your phone. It could be screensaver on your phone. It could be writing on your mirror with like anything to trigger you back into the awareness of right here, right now, what am I doing? Am I doing what was predicting what was, or am I actively getting uncomfortable? And the, the one like really neat thing, cause I've gotten uncomfortable with a lot of things in my life, right? I wouldn't be here if I didn't, it's only uncomfortable until it becomes a habit. That's it. That's it. Super fucking sucks until it's a habit. Yep. So you just have to make it a habit. You have to actively in the moment participate in creating that habit. So whatever that looks like for you, that's where it's different across the board. But if you create that habit, I promise you, promise you, you're going to see a massive shift in your life. Yeah. Because now you just lifted the bar on your comfort zone. And that's how we continue to evolve. And when we lift the bar, the bottom bar follows as well. So we know we're never going backwards. Yeah. And a massive, massive, two huge 
game-changing awareness shift this weekend for myself. And it's been building, right? So that whole marathon thing, um, because I literally feel like I'm I'm in a marathon of life. Like I actively pursue being uncomfortable and my partner does not. My partner is the opposite. My partner is breaks on. I love my comfort zone. Right. Right. So it creates a lot of interesting conversation between the two of us. Um, Really humorous conversation between the two of us. And one isn't right or the other. You have free will to live what in whatever you desire. I just really desire leveling up. I want to be in my highest timeline always. As soon as it's available, I want it. <laughs> like, give it to me. Um, so this whole marathon theory sort of came in. And then it started snowballing into, you know, how we are psychically predicting what was. And then it snowballed into something else and something else. And so I talk about that in like great vulnerability on the hundred days of surrender video, um, which is day 81 today, but so I don't need to waste time here with that, but it was super fascinating that, you know, you have this massive epiphany if you stay present with it and you let it move through you, it brings up these emotions, right? Yeah. And no emotion in your human body is a negative emotion. It's just an experience. So I went through these big emotions and I capitalized on, I waited for and capitalized on the anger. I was like, oh, come to me, baby. Because as soon as I got angry, it was like, what is it I desire? And I went and added it to my inspiration wall and then rearranged some stuff in my house so that I'm looking at, okay, this is how I create my change. Right. And every time, like a little kid being told, Oh, you did a good job. I'm really proud of you. That's what I feel like right now. Yeah. And that's freaking awesome. Right. Yeah. I want that for everybody. I tell myself that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's so good. It's so good. It's so essential. Yeah. 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 And yeah, just like pushing through. So, you know, coming from back to the original point of the conversation, because I went way off. Yeah. Um like, you know, we were talking about being big in person and small behind a screen or being big behind a screen and small yeah. in person. Yeah. Right. And I think that, again, I don't know, in my personal opinion, having everything shut down for a couple of years yeah. and having to withdraw from interacting and really taking you know, our attention to our devices. It's amazing how fast you can lose yourself. Absolutely. Right. And then having to go back out into the world. Yeah. Interesting, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And then you had that experience this weekend where you get way out of your comfort zone. I know. And it was so good. (laughs) (laughs) I did really well. (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome good good anything else that you want to add to this I don't know I don't think so yeah I think it's just I think you're right though like we've cocooned ourselves for so long that it's um it's time that we stop like we get out we are naturally creatures of socialization and connection yeah. Right. Like it's natural. That's what we are. We're human. And so to put yourself back out there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's essential. 
You know, there's like this study that says, I cannot remember, but it's a crazy amount of hugs that a child needs. Like, a, I think it's yes. like 30 hugs or something. Like I'm way yeah. off on that. Don't quote me at all. But I know it's a lot of hugs in a day yes. just to grow. Yeah. And I was like, when we have four bodies, like what is the, how many hugs does my emotional body need? How many hugs does my <laughs> mental body need? Like, yeah. yeah, I was processing that with a client earlier today where I was just like, okay, well, what do, what do we need? <laughs> like, how do we do that? Right. Yeah. So fascinating. She's just hugging her damn self. And I'm really proud of her for that. Whereas Good. I'm like, I'm just actively going to a neighbor's house. Like, honey, <laughs> do you think I could have a hug? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hi, it's me again. Um, I feel this is good for both of us. Yeah. <laughs> just, um, we're just going to grow together for a minute here. Yeah. Can I have a hug? <laughs> My son does it to like cashiers. So <laughs> oh. <laughs> adorable. I love it. It's a little ball of love. Yeah really amazing. All right, guys. So as always, thanks for hanging out with us. If you have any topics that you would like covered, you can reach out at reach out at diamondo.com and you can find all our socials on diamondo.com and we'll catch you next time for some more talk and shift. Bye. Bye.